Well, a few weeks ago, I put up this random poll on our Facebook group. Y'all probably thought it was just, you know, just a random poll, Darcy asking a question, but I was actually very curious that I wanted to know, what do you guys do during the week? What's your occupation? What's your career? And I was just loving all of the responses that were coming through because we are a very diverse group of people. Y'all probably know that, but we had everything listed from teachers to students to pilots to small business owners to sales to media to horticulture and even beekeeping and everything else in between. We all have a very diverse array of skill sets and different passions, and I love that. But I'm also wondering, do you love your job? Like, if you think about it, do you love your job? There was this survey that was done in 2014, and this survey was of Kiwi workers, and they found that 40% of Kiwi workers were currently unhappy in their job. That's a huge percentage, 40%. And they also found that those who are unhappy with their job also report lower overall life satisfaction rates which is important. That means what we do for a career matters. What we do during the week and how we view that affects our overall satisfaction with life. And so today, like Frosty said in part two of Leap, I wanna talk about careers. How do we know when we should take a leap in our career? And also, what does that leap look like? Last week, if you were here, he opened up with an incredibly practical and scripture-based message on taking a leap in our finances, and he kicked us off with that series, but one of the things he said was really important. See, a lot of times we feel limited and trapped by money, but we also feel limited and trapped by our job in some respect, but he said that it's not necessarily that leap that we're looking at right now, but it's those little decisions and those little moments, those little steps you're taking to prepare yourself for the future leap, and the same goes with our career. See, what you're doing right now in the position you are currently in is actually preparing you to take a future leap. And I'm believing and declaring that 2020 is a year where we take a leap. Say leap. It's a year where we're going to take more ground and more territory. In fact, before I get into all of this, I want us to just pray the prayer of Jabez over this message and over our lives. Maybe you're thinking, what's that prayer? Well, it's in your 21 Days of Prayer booklet. You can find it in there, but it's also in 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verse 10. When Jabez's mother was actually giving birth to him, she said, I gave birth to him in pain. That's where his name came from. And can I just say, a lot of our dreams, especially around our careers, might be birthed in some level of pain and struggle. But I want you to hear these famous famous words of Jabez. He said, oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And God granted his request. God granted his request. Y'all, do you realize God has the power to bless you and enlarge your territory wherever it is, whatever sphere of influence you are in? He's got all power to keep the enemy at bay while you take a leap in your career. He's got all power to keep you from the pain of a failed landing. He's got all power to do this. And if we're going to leap, we actually need to leap in God's power, in God's grace, and in God's timing. Amen? We need to leap with the audacious faith of Jabez. You know, when I was preparing my heart for this message, God clearly highlighted to me four key leaps that we take in our careers. And I, I hope and I pray that in some way you can connect with at least one or maybe a couple of these. Maybe you've taken a leap like this in the past or you're preparing to take a leap like this in the near future. So if God is speaking to you, if he's nudging something on your heart, don't ignore it. Listen to what God is trying to say. 
But I want you to imagine this with me for a moment. I want you to picture the workforce like a running track. And every single lane on the running track represents a different career lane. And they're all different for different industries, different roles. All of these uh, lanes going around on this running track. And then the sports field that it wraps around, picture that as like the holding ground for people that aren't in the workforce right now for whatever reason. And I want you to hold this image throughout this message. There's a couple different groups of people that I want to talk to. And the first group of people are the people that are on the track. In fact, you're in a certain career lane, but now you're thinking, am I in the wrong lane? Like, has ever, anybody ever thought that before where you're in a certain career lane and you're like, maybe, maybe this isn't what actually I'm supposed to do. Maybe I chose the wrong career lane to start with. Maybe this isn't what God is actually calling me into. And so this first lane is the lane for people that maybe you've been there for a number of years and you've just become comfortable with it. Like, you know the route, you know the pace that you've set, and you know the expectations of you. You know how to do your job well. Or maybe you just stepped into this lane and you're new into this career, but now you've realized this isn't actually everything that you desired or hoped it would be. Or maybe you're there because it's the family lane, and you're there because your mama had that same career and your grandfather and everybody else before him, and so that's how you found yourself in this lane. The first leap that I want to talk to you about today is the leap to redirect. The leap to redirect is a leap that requires you to step back in a moment of humility and really assess where you are in life. Assess what you're doing in life and say, well, maybe, maybe God has something different for me. Maybe God has called me into something else and maybe I'm not where I should be. The redirect, this leap can actually alter the course of your life and it can alter your happiness. And it often requires you to start from scratch go back to the drawing board, or even go back to study or step into the unknown. This leap to redirect is when people are switching career paths to a completely new industry. It's when they're launching their own business, or maybe they're going back to study for some reason. And in fact, there's a few key scriptures I want to highlight to you today, and the first is in Mark chapter 1. Starting in verse 16, we read about Jesus going to select his new disciples, And so he's walking along the Sea of Galilee, and he calls out to a few guys, and he says, hey, come follow me. And they do. They literally just drop their nets, and they follow him. He keeps walking to another boat where James and John are in there, the sons of Zebedee, and he calls out to James and John and says, come follow me. And so James and John drop their nets. They leave their father and the hired men, and they step out of the boat, and they go follow Jesus. Now, If you just think about this for a moment, the fact that James and John are in the boat with their father and hired men suggests this is a very well-established family fishing business. This is what they do. This is what their, their dad does. And I imagine Mr. Zebedee probably wanted his sons to inherit this boat and then raise more lines of fishermen coming after him. But when Jesus called out to them and said, hey, follow me, that was a full redirect of their career. It was a leap of faith to abandon everything they knew, to abandon what was comfortable, and to abandon what was in the family and pursue something that had so many unknowns. Being a disciple of Jesus had so many unknowns. There are going to be times in life when God will call you to step out of the boat, drop your net, and to fully redirect the course of your life. Now, in this moment, He was calling these disciples into ministry, and I've had the redirect into ministry, so is Frosty. It's not necessarily a redirect into ministry, but can I say, whatever 
you are redirected into, can I just ask and encourage you to honor God in the process? to really trust God in the process. If you are going to redirect into a completely new career lane, choose a lane that doesn't compromise your faith. Choose a lane that God is the one calling you into. Choose a lane where you know it's a God move and not simply a good move. There's a difference, y'all. What looks to be good isn't always God. In fact, if we look back at the Garden of Eden, the apple that Eve ate or the piece of fruit was described as good and pleasing to the eye. It was disguised as good, but it wasn't God. So make sure whatever lane you feel like you're being redirected into is not simply good. It doesn't simply have a good salary. It doesn't simply tick a few boxes, but make sure God is in it. Because God wants to be with you in the leap. Do you realize that God actually cares way more about your career than you do? He does. God cares way more about your happiness than you do. Why do I know that? Because I know that God created you and designed you, and he didn't create you to just be some tired, depressed, reluctant worker of society. He actually created you so that you could have passion and a purpose and then step into everything that he called you to do so that you could make a difference in this world. And there's going to be times when God might come alongside you, grab your shoulders, and pivot you completely and says, you can trust me, now leap. And in fact, there's a few people in our church that have actually taken some leaps recently to redirect their life. I have a few stories that I want to share with you today that hopefully will inspire you and encourage you and empower you to know that you could actually do the same if this is what God is calling you into. Many of you might know Darren Trollope. Darren is an amazing member of our team. He's actually one of our team leaders. He is 44 years old and a new entrepreneur. Now, Darren shared this with me. He said, after spending 26 years in the workforce, making tons of money and creating success, all for somebody else, we've all been there, I have taken the dive headfirst into creating a brand new business from the ground up. This now means he is back at the bottom step of the ladder, now doing everything that he trained everybody else to do in the last 26 years. This is a full step back in humility. And he said this, I never prayed for a business. I never even prayed for any of the promotions that came my way. What we prayed for and what we still pray for every night is for God to provide opportunities for us individually and as a family. We don't know what they'll look like or what they'll be, but I have learned to recognize them. And when the doors are opened, I walk through. Sometimes I got to leap through. He says, I have always accepted every high and every low as an opportunity to learn something. So I don't know why God put this business opportunity in front of me. In time, it might become clear. But for now, I've just taken the leap, and I'm having fun, and I'm learning lots. Another person that's recently taken a leap to redirect is an amazing woman named Jan Kerr. I love Jan. She's amazing. She is 59 years old, and she is currently a personal assistant in a construction company. But Jan knew that God was stirring something different within her to redirect her career. See, I love this because it doesn't matter what you're currently doing or how old you currently are. If God starts to stir something within you, then we actually have got to act on that. So this is what Jan told me. She said, I felt drawn to providing a sanctuary for people to support them for a day or a few, a safe place, and I wanted to have the skills to counsel them. So that prompted me to see if I could study counseling and still work. 
Through a certain program, I could by distance learning. Honestly, I felt like it was a call from God, and even though I didn't have the confidence and felt so out of my comfort zone, I trusted I was doing what he was asking, and he has opened the doors. This is amazing. I love these two stories because one is launching a new business, one is going back to study, but both are completely redirecting the course of their life. And I love that they're, they're in different seasons of their life, different ages, but they've both stepped back in humility to say, I could learn something new. God could use me for incredible things, and both of them, because they've done it in God's timing and God's strength, he's opened the doors for them. That's important. There's a next group of people that I want to talk to, and these people are the people that have stepped off the track for some reason. That means they're out of the workforce for this season and time, and most often this happens when people have kids, and then one of the parents decides that they'll be a stay-at-home parent for a number of years, or maybe it's because they're retired. Or maybe they've faced like a tragedy or an illness in some way, and it's, it's meant that they've had to step off of the workforce track for a season in time. But a lot of people in this group all of a sudden get to a point where God starts to stir something within them, and they realize they want to relaunch their career. Leap number two is to relaunch. The relaunch is a leap of faith that requires a lot of courage to say, I've had my season out. But now I want to dive back in. In fact, it takes a lot of humility to step off of the track in the first place. But for these people, it takes even more humility to say, I'm ready to step back on, even if it means I'm at a lower position than when I left. It often happens that way. But you need to know that the season off the track was not wasted. It was not wasted. In fact, it's the season off the track where God was probably growing you and stretching you in ways that he couldn't have done if you stayed in that career in the first place. To relaunch is a bold move, but God loves to be in the relaunch with you. You know who had a relaunch of his own? King David. King David had a relaunch of his own. See, when David was a young boy, he was anointed to become king. But did he become king in that very moment? Nope. But through a turn of events, he found himself in the palace, working in the palace. But was he king? Nope. He was working for the king, and King Saul actually started to become quite jealous of this young David because David was quickly known to be very well-liked by the people. He was strong, he was capable, and very anointed. See, David, this little shepherd boy, was known for slaying giants as well as slaying armies of men. Now, if you read your Bibles, you'll see this part in it where it says the women started to sing songs about David. They did. These women would walk around the kingdom being like, well, Saul killed 1,000, but David, 10,000. Like, it's in your Bible, y'all. Imagine you're Saul walking through the kingdom and you hear your name in a song. These ladies are singing and they're like, Saul killed 1,000, but David, 10,000. Like, you'd get a little bit jealous too, right? So they're walking around the kingdom singing this song. He is clearly well-liked by the people, but was he king yet? Nope. In fact, King Saul became so jealous of David that he tried to kill him multiple times. It got to the point where David had to run into hiding because Saul was trying to kill him. David was forced off of the track of his career. He was intentionally sidelined and pushed into hiding. And scholars believe that this period of time between when Saul chased David out of the kingdom up until the point when Saul died, they believe it was about eight years, which in biblical symbolism means a new beginning. So that brings us 
to 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 1 where the tribes of Israel have now come to David. David is out of hiding. He can actually step back onto the track. And they've said to him, in the past, when Saul was our king, you were the one who really led the forces of Israel. And the Lord told you, you will be the shepherd of my people, Israel. You will be Israel's leader. And so in that moment, they anointed him as the king of Israel. And it says David was 30 years old when he began to reign. Now, whether or not you took a break from your career intentionally or unintentionally, you've always got an opportunity to relaunch. You've always got that moment to relaunch with the power of God backing you. But what's important to realize in this transition is to recognize that your season out wasn't wasted. It wasn't wasted. In fact, it was in those eight years with David that he was stretched, he was grown, and he experienced great revelation and a deeper intimacy with God. David had to leave the palace in humility. And get this, there were many opportunities for him to kill Saul and take the crown sooner than the eight-year mark. There were many opportunities. This is important to realize when you are relaunching into the place or the career where you know God has called you, you got to do it in God's strength and God's timing and his grace. Because the thing is, is when David came back to the palace, God was the one who had made the way for him. So he still had the favor of God, and he still had the favor of people. And at 30, he became the king. But he needed those eight years of desperation and greater intimacy with God. Because he would not have been able to lead the people the way he did as king if he had taken the crown at 22. He actually needed those years off the track. So if you're relaunching into work or maybe even into an internship, my greatest advice to you is to seek God and develop incredible intimacy with him in this season. And he will be the one to propel you into a position of influence. You gotta take the leap in his strength, not your own. I have a few more stories that I actually wanna share with you about some relaunchers in our church. I love seeing people relaunch into a career and there's some amazing moms in our church that have actually relaunched after seasons out of looking after their kids. And this first mom, She wrote to me and she said that while she was on maternity leave, she had this meeting with her boss to discuss the possibility of her coming back to work sooner than expected. But she had some conditions, crazy conditions in her own words, where she wanted a big raise, the ability to work from home, and the flexibility to breastfeed whenever she wanted to. And so she said to me, until your sermon one Sunday about persistent prayer, it had not even crossed my mind that I should take this crazy request to God too. So one Sunday after church, I prayed about it, then again on Monday, then again on Tuesday, then again on Wednesday morning, and on Wednesday afternoon, my boss called me rather calmly and said he was able to make every single request happen. She relaunched with the power of God backing her, and God opened up every single door that she was asking him to open. Another amazing woman is Mama Jane. Where's Jane at? Mama Jane is amazing, and Jane Hu is the leader of our food bank. She finished her third-year internship last year, and she is 55 years old, and she took out a season as well to look after her boys and to raise her boys, and she said, I told myself once they're back in college, I'll do something to improve myself like going back to school. I wanted to make an impact on other people's lives, but I had no idea that I would be called to do the internship. But it came and I signed up for it and it was difficult in the beginning being the oldest in my class. Most of my classmates were like my children. Y'all, her pastors are like her children. 
We call her Mama Jane. But she said, throughout the year, I realized that for what I am doing in my ministry, being a little older brings an advantage and wisdom. I started ministry at the age of 50, and I'm 55 this year, and I'm still in ministry after all. And if anything else, the fire is still burning. Another amazing mom is Joe Poinson. Joe's somewhere. She was at the info desk earlier. But Joe is 41. And this is what Joe said. She said, even though I felt being a mother and a wife was significant in itself, which it is, she said, I just knew that there was something more that God had for me. So amongst a number of nudgings, when she was in services where the Holy Spirit was just really speaking to her and she was being prayed for, words were spoken over my life about a dream that I had long since shelved. And I knew exactly what it was, teaching. I had well and truly shelved that dream 20 years earlier. Within a few months, I had started the program for a Bachelor of Education, and I've just begun working as a teacher this year. She said, God has opened the doors and shut doors along these past three years in ways that have been significant to my positioning. He sent people to minister to her and to her family, and she said, and these blessings have continued as I stepped into my new job. Aren't these relaunchers amazing? doesn't matter what age they are, how long they've been off the track. God started to stir something within them to say, hey, you can make a difference in people's lives, but it's going to require you to step out of your comfort zone. It's going to require you to pick up a dream that maybe you long since shelved. It's going to require you to take some crazy requests to the people that are going to employ you. But when God is doing it, he's going to back you and open up all the doors for you. And he's going to bless you in incredible ways. Now, my heart goes out to this next group of people. These people are on the track. They're even in the right lane. But what's the issue? They, this is the, the, the issue with this group of people is that for whatever reason, they've lost their drive. They've lost their passion and their voice. They go through the motions on the track, but they know that there's this untapped potential within them, but fear and feelings of inadequacy keep them silenced. This group actually needs to revive whatever it is that they've allowed to die within them. Leap number three is to revive. It's to take a leap to restore oneself from a depressed, inactive, or unused state. What do I mean? I mean there are people who feel unnoticed at work. There's people in this room that feel unappreciated, undervalued, underutilized. Some of you feel like your boss doesn't even know your name. You feel like your ideas are never worth considering or like your voice is unimportant. Can I just speak to this group of people and say, it is time to revive. It's time to restore whatever it is that you've allowed to die within you. And it's time to get your passion back. You are right where God wants you to be. You're right in the position he needs you to be in. Can I tell you this? Getting a new title or a new position is not going to restore your passion. But you know what will? Getting a new spirit. Getting the Holy Spirit up within you, stirring that passion and that drive that first called you to that career. It will give you a new zest for life, a new perspective on your current position, because that's where God wants you to be. Let me tell you about a girl named Esther. She was this young Jewish girl that ended up becoming queen. But the king didn't realize she was a Jew, and he kind of made this decree to kill all the Jews not realizing it was going to kill his queen in the process. And so we see this exchange take place between Esther and her uncle Mordecai. And Esther's saying to Mordecai, look, everybody knows that anyone who appears before the king in his inner court without being invited is doomed to die. She's scared, doesn't know how to approach her new husband. But Mordecai responds to her saying, if you keep quiet at a time like this, deliverance and relief for the Jews will arise from some other place. 
but you and your relatives will die. Who knows if perhaps you were made queen for just such a time as this. So you know what Esther did? She got all the Jews to pray and fast for her. She put on her finest royal robes, and she walked into that throne room with a graceful, bold confidence to revive the voice that had been silenced, to revive what God had put in her, but also to revive and restore all of the Jewish people. She walked in there and made a move that was risking her own life. But because she was willing to speak up and make herself her true Jewish self, known to the king, she was able to revive an entire situation and change everything. Maybe your leap to revive is simply to make yourself known to your boss. Is actually share that idea, pitch that new idea that God has placed on your heart. Maybe it's learning to speak up and find your voice again. It's reengaging in the passion that brought you to that career in the first place. But it's also learning to add value where you've currently just lost interest. There's never an opportunity like now to revive everything that God has put in you. He doesn't want you to leave that lane. He just wants you to get a new spirit in that lane. And then finally, this is my last group of people. Keys can join me now. This group of people, they're on the track. They're in the right lane. They got a lot of passion for their job. In fact, they love it. They love their position, so what's the issue? Well, the issue is nobody really knows what team they're running for. Like, nobody really knows what team they're running for. They put on whatever jersey fits the company culture in the right time. They're kind of like that chameleon that just blends into the established grain of culture Instead of choosing to stand out, if this is you, the greatest leap that you could take right now is to represent God in everything you do. It's to represent. Do the people you work with know that you're a Christian? Do they know what you stand for? Or do you just fall for anything in culture that surrounds you? Career leap number four is represent. The last story I want to tell you is about a man named Daniel. Daniel was chosen, along with some other men, to enter into this training for the king's service. Now, you need to know that all of these men were young. They were described as having no physical defects. They were handsome, they were smart, and they were fit for service. But Daniel and three other of the men were Israelites, meaning they were God's boys. And the king and the culture of the palace, not so godly. And so in Daniel chapter 1... Starting in verse 6, we can read that for these four young men were chosen from the tribe of Judah. And the chief of staff renamed them with Babylonian names. Daniel was called Belteshazzar. Hananiah was called Shadrach. Mishael was called Meshach. And Azariah was called Abednego. But Daniel was determined not to defile himself by eating the food and wine given to them by the king. So he asked for permission to not eat certain foods. Now, first of all, you need to realize in this very moment, from the very moment they've stepped foot in the palace, their identity is being attacked. Their identity is being attacked, and they're stripped of this Israelite identity and given a new name. They're said, you're not Daniel. You are Belteshazzar. And then they basically want to feed them this royal feast, fatten them up a bit, give them plenty of food and wine. But Daniel has pre-decided, that's important, pre-decided that even if he was going to enter into this new job, he wasn't going to degrade himself for it. He wasn't going to lower his standards for this job. 
He wasn't going to lose his identity for this job. This book that we read this story in, it's not the book of Belteshazzar. It's the book of Daniel. He had predecided that he was God's boy and that he was going to represent God in this palace. See, it didn't matter if this was the elite job and only the prime, fit, handsome, healthy candidates could apply for it. He said, I'm a representative of God in this palace. But his employer, this new employer, was afraid to allow his new trainee to go against the established grain of culture. In fact, he said, I'm going to lose my head if I allow you to not eat these foods. But for some reason, God had given this employer a new level of respect for Daniel, and he allowed Daniel and the, the rest of God's boys to test this out for 10 days. And it found that they were healthier and better nourished than any of the other young men who ate the royal food. This is where the whole Daniel fast comes from. Because Daniel had predecided to represent, God increased his influence and his favor on his life. And in fact, we read later in verse 18 that when all of this training is completed, the chief of staff brings all of these young men to the king, and no one impressed him as much as Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. And so they entered into the royal service. And anytime the king needed some wisdom on, on or sound judgment, he found that God's boys were 10 times more capable than anybody else in the kingdom. They chose to honor God, and God elevated them. It requires a leap to stand out and to represent God in everything you, you do. It's one thing to praise him on a Sunday, but could you also represent him on a Monday? Could you represent him in your office, in your language, in your wardrobe, in your business deals? in your priorities? Could you represent God, not just on a Sunday, but every single day of the week? This sleep is putting on that so-called jersey that proudly says, I'm a believer and I'm not ashamed of it. Yes, I'll stand out. Yes, I'll go about life in a different way, but I'm here to represent God in everything that I do. When you choose to honor God with what you're doing, with what he made you to do, he's the one that will elevate you and increase your knowledge and increase your influence. But it all starts by pre-deciding, like Daniel, to not compromise your faith for work, to not compromise your faith for that new promotion or that new office or that new title or that new paycheck. Can I tell you, if you could take this leap to represent, it will change the way you run in that lane. So whether you are redirecting, relaunching, reviving or representing, God wants to be with you in the leap. He's the one that can give you wisdom and strength to know how to lean into your career that you are called to. He's the one that can give you the power backing you so that the right doors are just miraculously open for you. And he's the one that can help keep you from a painful landing. All it requires is trust. Trust and focus and faith to say, God, I'm going to go where it is that you're calling me to go. And I'm going to take this leap to redirect, to relaunch, to revive, or to represent. Let me pray for y'all.